Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to another episode of Dakota Spotlight. I really appreciate you listening and would like you to know about Spotlight Plus. It is a subscription to Dakota Spotlight that provides bonus content, early access, and ad-free listening, all while supporting my work and the show you love. You can subscribe right in the Apple Podcasts app or visit dakotaspotlight.com. You're listening to Dakota Spotlight, and my name is not James. It's Dion Wiggett. Don't worry about James, he'll be here any moment. In the meantime, in the background, you can hear the authentic sounds of African bird life. Hello, and how's it from Johannesburg in South Africa? In this episode, you are about to meet me, and I'm about to meet you, to tell you about my only story. James, James Walner, and Dakota Spotlight is a production of Forum Communications. As you just heard from Dion himself, in this episode you'll meet Dion Wiggett, producer, writer, and host of the podcast My Only Story. My Only Story, which consists of just four episodes, is perhaps my personal favorite podcast at the moment, and I had the privilege of interviewing Dion to talk about his beautiful work. I say beautiful work because it's done in a very beautiful manner, in my opinion, but the topic is far from beautiful. The topic is a troubling one. Here are the first 20 seconds of Dion's podcast, My Only Story. There is something I witnessed the year I left high school. It's been more than 20 years now since I promised myself to forget it forever. And in many ways, I did forget. Until now, I'm Dion Wiggett, and this is my only story, a podcast and a live investigation. Dion Wiggett, thank you so much for joining me on Dakota Spotlight Podcast. Can you tell us uh, where you are right now and how you are? I am in Johannesburg in South Africa, and I am well. It is, so it's the 4th of August, which is supposed to be the middle of winter, but thanks to irreversible climate change, 
it's it's spring outside. So it's you know rather than than fight against the system for the whole of my life, I'm just going to embrace irreversible climate change because the weather is nicer <laughs> until I die. Okay. Well, I'm incredibly excited to talk to you. I discovered your podcast recently. I was interviewed myself uh, Monday of this week, and they asked me, you know, what are some of your favorite podcasts? And I'm going to be honest with you and said, well, currently my favorite podcast is My Only Story, which you produced, wrote. I think it's just absolutely amazing. As you point out yourself, it covers justice, advocacy, art, and a little bit of revenge. And I can already tell you that the headline I'm going to use in the written article for this is going to be Poetic Justice, because I found it to be quite poetic, even though you are a copywriter. That's a lot of uh, compliments uh, in 30 seconds. Uh, but again, thanks for meeting with me. Those are a lot of compliments in 30 seconds. And I, I do hope you find a way to edit some out. That is <laughs> kind of you, James. Thank you so much. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, dear listener. This is James, host of Dakota Spotlight, inviting you to subscribe to Spotlight Plus. For as little as $5 per month, you will get the warm feeling of supporting the show and also unlock access to bonus episodes, get the episodes early, and listen ad-free. That's right, no more ads. Apple users can subscribe to Spotlight Plus Standard right in the Apple Podcasts app. If you want to dive deeper and get even more exclusive benefits, subscribe to Spotlight Plus Premium or Spotlight Plus Ultimate. Go to dakotaspotlight.com for more details. The story begins at the end of 2017, when Dion was 37 years of age and his father died unexpectedly. Over the very many rough and troubling weeks that followed his father's passing and funeral, Dion began to consult his memory, because he missed his father, and he wanted to remember things about his father and things he had done with his father, like going to a beach party. Here's a clip. Now, all of a sudden... The beach party is a memory that belongs to only me. But memories are also chain reactions. One thought leads to another. It's like you can't remember one thing without remembering something else first. I asked Dion to tell us a little more about this. I started thinking back on my high school years and, and some memories started to come up that did not make sense to me. I realized at one point that I, I've blocked out this entire man from my life. Yes, he blocked out an entire man from his memory. Not his father, another man. A bad man. My only story is Dion Wiggett's quest to locate and then expose his own personal demon, a man who abused Dion sexually when he was just 17 years of age, a man who Dion strongly suspected that had likely raped many other young men over the years, and who was probably still a threat to society. In other words, a potential serial pedophile. Dion decided to do something about it. So when I realized 
what had happened to me, I got immensely angry and I I wanted to make a point. I wanted to, to go, you know, because if I go to the police and say, okay, so, you know, this guy did this in 1997 and he's he goes, no, I didn't. Yes, it would be Dion's word against the rapist's word. So instead of just going to the police, Dion did something else. He created a podcast and went on a quest to expose this pedophile, a man he calls Jimmy in the podcast, a man who had once worked as a school teacher. So I go on a quest through famous South African schools and obscure places in the countryside, uh, and, you know, where I kind of piece together bit by bit this kind of, you know, me searching for other people who will enable me to say, this is who Jimmy is, and you need to be warned against him. My only story is powerful and moving and sometimes a little bit comical, like when Dion compares his rapist to a bullfrog. But the story is mostly gripping and dramatic in an almost poetic way. Like when we feel the tables slowly turning, Dion has gone from a place in his life where he had blocked out all the memories of his perpetrator to now almost stalking him, first locating, then driving past the man's house while Inside, the man Dion calls Jimmy is 100% unaware that within time, a podcast named My Only Story will turn his life upside down. Here's another clip. Everything is changing. I am no longer the one who doesn't know about him. He's the one who doesn't know about me. I'm sitting outside your house. I loved how you used the analogy of a bullfrog. Is that something, how did you come up with that? I just thought he looked like a bullfrog. And it's (laughs) the kind of thing that once you've written it in somewhere, it starts becoming fun. More than anything, I've always thought Jimmy looks like a bullfrog. He is a large, flabby man. He sweats by the gallon, and when he sits, he plonks. I don't know, to me, as a because I've I've been a writer my whole life. I was a copywriter for, well, I was a journalist for a little bit. Then I became a copywriter for almost 20 years. Uh, Did a lot of um, work in, in the United States. I have been to both of your coasts, and I'm sorry, but not the incredibly sincere bit in between. Let's talk about the release of the podcast, because the way I understand it is you released it in four weeks, one one episode a week for four weeks. But things are happening during these four weeks. Like after the first episode, this bullfrog, Jimmy, takes down some social media accounts. Like after your first episode, he realizes what's happening. I'm imagining this all going down in this four-week period. Were you incredibly stressed out or? I I think it is fair to say that I was incredibly stressed out, yes. Um, <laughs> because it's, it's you, you know, the amount of work that goes into 45 minutes of a piece of true crime podcast with scenes and sound design. And, and because, you know, I'm, I'm excruciatingly anal. 
so it was it was it was insane. We were already behind by the time we started, um, and and it was having a huge emotional impact on me. And because it's it was my own demon that I was struggling with. I cannot quite express the madness once a project like this launches. Um, and and the amount of writing that should have been done beforehand that could have been done beforehand, but that somehow wasn't. I mean, <laughs> episode four is a little bit messy because it was kind of written and cut in a week. Um, it's it's yeah. I, I promised myself never to not plan it better, and do you know I'm 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 on my way to the same disaster. Fall is here and class is back in session. It's a busy time for students and faculty, and with a new school year comes new adventures, new experiences, and new goals to achieve. But as much promise and excitement as the fall semester brings, there can also be a dark side to it, one in which the unthinkable can happen. I'm Amy Slashberg. And I'm Megan Sachs. And we're the hosts of the podcast Campus Killings. As educators and criminologists, we teach, research, write, and podcast about victims, offenders, and the issues that surround our criminal justice system. Amy and I have both worked in the field of criminal justice for 20 years, myself in law enforcement and Amy in the mental health field. In Campus Killings, we'll dive into some of the most shocking and tragic murders to happen on school grounds, and we'll provide our analysis on the cases we cover as both educators and trained criminologists. We'll discuss what went wrong and what could have been done differently to prevent the tragic outcome. Campus Killings is available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe now so you don't miss a single episode of Campus Killings. Scams and Cons tells you how scams are run and why people fall for them. And I've lost everything. It's all I had. Uh, it's any inheritance that I could have passed on my daughter. Many of the people you meet today were financially devastated when they started using Jeff's system. And now they're making more money than they ever dreamed of. Scams are illusions intended to make you believe that giving up your money is the most sensible thing you can do. Find out how it's done by listening to Scams and Cons wherever you get podcasts. So I should probably mention that we are um, <laughs> about a month away from My Only Story Season 2, yeah. which sounds like a contradiction in terms. Um, so after My Only Story, I, after the podcast, I wrote a book uh, about the entire investigation. It's published by Penguin Random House and available wherever you order your books. Uh, because it, it, the, the podcast was such a small part of the story, and I, I wanted to complete the investigation. So but also tell a little bit of the, the story of the podcast. Do you feel or do you feel more comfortable as a writer than the, the audio part podcast? No, I wouldn't say so. I would say I, I really like both. And that's kind of a great reason to be a podcaster now rather than a copywriter is because I enjoy all the aspects. Um, yeah. I, I enjoy writing it. I enjoy voice, voicing it. I enjoy cutting the tape. I um, So I was really lucky in that because I spent 18 years in advertising, I spent a lot of time in radio studios. I got to learn Pro Tools by Osmosis, kind of. Pro Tools is an audio editing software that a lot of podcasters and sound engineers use. Um, so I, I, I could see what the sound engineers were doing. So when I had to start cutting my own tape, it was... All I really had to learn was with the commands, but the interface already made sense to me. And there's there's something about cutting in Pro Tools that is like playing the piano. It is this this kind of somehow visual audio narrative. Um, and 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 there's there's something very like like reading music, the way that that waves kind of there's there's something almost 
sehen. In my only story, Dion Wiggett had a few objectives. First and foremost, he wanted to make sure that this pedophile was no longer a threat to society. But he also wanted to inform people about other things, like how our brains sometimes simply block out bad memories. I wanted to explain to people how it happens that you forget that something like this happened to you. I mean, if, if you asked me when I was 36 if I had ever met a pedophile, I would have told you, I don't think so. Um, it's your, your brain just kind of, you know, takes you away somewhere else the moment that... So I wanted to explain to people how that works. There's one part of the, your podcast that I found really interesting. Once you reveal this individual's name, you send him an email on his birthday, and you refer to him by his uh, nickname, I guess, when he was a child. And then you catch yourself thinking, well, that was kind of disrespectful of me to do. And then you caught yourself. Can you tell us a little bit about that moment? So it was uh, the podcast launched in November. And so, you know, the, the, the case was kind of there. And I just wanted to rattle some saber. Uh, so I just wanted him to be worried. I found out what his childhood nickname was. And then I sent him a little um, five-word message saying, congratulations on your birthday, Billy. It was a shot across the bars. But then afterwards, I was like, well, why did you do this? Why, why, why do you need to poke someone? Why do you need to provoke a person like this? Right. It is very disrespectful to, like, randomly call somebody by their childhood nickname. And then I was like, you know what? <laughs> How do you disrespect a serial pedophile who has done all of this stuff. I mean, how do you, there's nothing to respect. Uh, so, so I find that quite liberating now, but it, it's still, when you interview, when you, when you investigate these people, when you finally get to meet them or get to confront them, and this now specifically with, with my, the projects I've done subsequent to season one, is I feel almost starstruck when I, like, you know, wow, I've been investigating this pedophile for a year now, and now we're talking, and it's, it's like you're talking to a celebrity. Uh, they have no idea what you know, um, but but you <laughs> you know them so much better than they know themselves. So it is, it's fascinating. I, I, I can't talk too much more about that at the moment, but we've got a really good season two coming up in what you'd call the fall. With My Only Story, Dion Wiggett has been applauded for his courage in producing the podcast. I asked him if he considered himself to be brave. It depends on when you ask. Sometimes, looking back on it, I'm like, that was a pretty ballsy thing to do. But in the end, courage, I mean, I, I don't want to say I, I did it through out of courage. or, or Of course, it was frightening, but it was important to get it done. And really, it would have been harder to it would have been harder for me not to do something about it. Because now that I've understood what happened, my own silence is effectively complicity. I advise other people on how courageous they are, because like, you know, people need to hear it, and many people really are. And I suppose I am, but I am way too neurotic and too non-narcissist to get caught up in any self-congratulatory stuff. However, what I would say about doing something that you are afraid to do. Courage is not not being afraid. 
Courage is being afraid and doing it anyway. And you do it because it is right. That is what courage is. Or really just decency. And where is this story today? What's the status of things? Uh, so the the trial is still dragging. Well, the trial hasn't started. He is still uh, he's on bail. He is living with his mother in a tiny little house on in a tiny morbid little town that I I write about quite extensively in the book. Um, it's he's already in a jail in a sense because everyone knows who he is. There's no mistaking him. Uh, he's not allowed to leave the the jurisdiction of Mossel Bay, which to call it a jurisdiction is somewhat <laughs> overstating its size. It's like <laughs> saying the jurisdiction of my kitchen. <laughs> so when is the trial? Uh, it, it's the look. Obviously, the pandemic has delayed things even more. I don't live in a state of obsession about this guy. Um, I the the police are doing a great job. They tell me when they need me to do something. But you know, it's it's imagine the stress with which he's had, he's had to live now for two years. Yeah, that's one thing I can tell that you're really dialed into just as a human. You are aware of how people's minds work. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the right way of saying it, but you know what you like things you could say that would rattle him. You imagined him writing a response to that email we talked about before. And you go through the whole and you're right. That's exactly what happened. I'm confident that he read it. He was up all night trying to figure out how to respond to your email. You're just saying happy birthday and using his childhood nickname. And he's wondering, why in the hell is this guy reaching out to me? And he's nervous and he was up all night and he probably finished his email at 5 a.m. but didn't dare send it till 9.08 a.m. because anything else, you are dialed into that stuff. You, you, would, you could be a terrible person if you did not have good intentions. You could scare the heck out of people. You know, if you were a bad individual, you could be really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I actually take that as a beautiful compliment. Um, I've, a lot of it I've had to... I started off by not understanding people well at all and not understanding their motivations and trusting people blindly. And then it ended up in, you know, my excellent rape. So I've had to learn how people work and what motivates them in order to keep yeah. myself safe and in order to know who to avoid. And because, you know, the fact of the matter is if somebody gives you the creeps, you don't need a reason to avoid them other than the fact that they give you the creeps. But I am finding something quite liberating in being able to use these people's tricks against them. The kind of, you know, Machiavellian art of war yeah. kind of, you know, this, they know about deception. And so maybe if we gave them a slight taste of their own medicine, we could use some of their own methods to just make them feel less safe because that is what they did. It's they, they have taken away so many young people's safety. So why should they feel safe? I mean, I, I and I, I, I'm sensitive of not sounding like a vengeful individual wanting to, to burn rapists at the stake. But there is something uniquely empowering into using their own modus operandi 
against them in the name of good. And that is why the name of this episode is Poetic Justice, because what you're talking about is a little bit of poetic justice. It's poetic to use their own tactics against them. And Dion Wiggett, it was such a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you for the justice and for the activism and for the art. It was a real pleasure. James, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you as well. Uh, you are clearly doing an incredibly interesting job in North Dakota. Uh, I, I would love to make it down there at some point and have some beers. Be and, and yes, it's, 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 it's a wonderful feeling to, as a 41-year-old man in South Africa, which is on the southern end of Africa, to make a difference to somebody in North Dakota. I mean, big thank you. Thank you. Check out this great podcast, My Only Story, by Dion Wiggett, anywhere you get your podcasts. Dakota Spotlight is a production of Forum Communications. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. To support my work, get early access, listen ad-free, and much more, please consider subscribing to Spotlight Plus. Apple users can even subscribe right in the Apple Podcasts app. Learn more about Spotlight Plus at dakotaspotlight.com.